Hello, and welcome to the Euro What from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by my fellow WEIO Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists, Brian Brazell and Ben Smith. Howdy, folks. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. It is like we're supposed to get a winter storm here on Wednesday, but it's fine because it's Monday right now and I have food in my house, so I don't need to leave. How are things going with you, Ryan? Things are going well. I lost power for several hours in last weekend's storm or whatever, um, but a friend of mine had a tree fall on her house. So my few hours of no electricity and having to play on my phone instead of my TV is no big deal in the grand scheme of things. Yikes. How about you, Mike? You get any bad weather, anything out that far? No, it's actually, it was a very nice weekend. Unfortunately, I spent most of it inside a movie theater, finishing up the Best Picture showcase. Guys, I have a question from a listener. Yay! Okay, so, Jesse asks, so is there anybody who got famous out of this other than ABBA? Or to put this more succinctly, who famous? Yep. (laughs) That is a great question. Thanks for the question, Jesse. Okay, so yes, ABBA is like the biggest success story. Well, I don't know that I agree with that. I would say that, yes, they are a big success story, but there's a few other people, my favorite, yours and mine, Celine Dion, who sang um, for Switzerland in 1988 and won, and then that sort of catapulted her career. I would I would have to say that she is a bigger star than Abba. We can fight about that later, um, but <laughs> I would say that she is the biggest success. But there's certainly other folks as well. Right, but like Abba went from like appearing in Eurovision to being Abba, whereas Celine Dion, like it took a few years between her representing Switzerland and then then she became Celine Dion, and then she did the song with the with the boat movie. You know the boat movie that we all love. I mean, I I feel like there's some stuff in between there. <laughs> I mean, there probably is. <laughs> um, but no, then there's also Olivia Newton-John, who also appeared in the year that Abba was, 1974, and. Then, like, a couple years later, popped up in Greece and became Olivia Newton-John as we know her now. One that seems to really be pushing the boundaries of actually famous. But I feel like I heard the song in, like, a Razor and Tie compilation ad, so that seems close enough to me. Uh, Gina G from the UK for 1996 with Ooh Ah Just a Little Bit. I remember hearing that song on, like, Detroit pop radio, like, legitimate like radio station and it's like oh like and like i was totally into it at the time like having no clue what eurovision was and like it never came up i feel like so. that qualifies as this song officially has legs outside the competition mm-hmm. agreed i also remember that song from before before i had from the before time eurovision. yes yep, <laughs> that's right. before b-e and a-e before eurovision and after eurovision ah let's see and then another one where i think the song is actually more famous than whoever performed it the first time but there is volare or no blue no blue depinto di blue from like italy in the 50s i i still i mean okay we can call that fa- i still have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> i need to like go look this up or something because i have no idea what this song is Actually, actually, no, like, and then you just have, like, all of the people who, these people were technically famous beforehand, what are they do? what are they, why are they slumming here? Yeah, we had uh, Bonnie Tyler, who sang for the UK recently, in the past, like, five years, right? Yeah, uh, 2013. Yeah, like, we did, like, a whole mini-episode, like, a few weeks ago, where we, we went through the UK's whole phase of, whose career needs a little bit of propping up right now? Yeah, and Engelbert Humperdinck. Right around that same time, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Katrina and the Waves from 1997. 97. Yeah. If if you don't know Katrina and the Waves, if that doesn't sound familiar, they sang Walking on Sunshine. Everybody knows that song, I feel like. Yep. So, that's not the song they sang. That's not the song that they is. sang. That was not a Eurovision no. song. That was just a popular song that we all heard. 
Yeah, and then also in 2013, Cascada, famous in the U.S. for, like, Every Time We Touch and, um... Oh, Evacuate the dance floor. Thank you, that was yeah. the one I was trying to think of. And she represented Germany uh, in 2013 with a song that was way too similar to the song that Sweden won with in 2012. Uh, so that was an interesting choice all around, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, and... I don't, I don't I don't know about you guys, but like the every time we touch album for Cascada was like the first time I got disappointed because we're where it's like oh wow every song on this is the exact same. Yeah, wasn't there like five different versions of that and then a cover of Last Christmas or something? I, I do not know. My version of the of the CD was a burned copy from a friend, so it may have been different. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I have no recollection of an actual album. I just remember the one song. So you two know clearly much more about her than i do it may not have been an album it may have been the single <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember singles <laughs> uh, uh, memories all right speaking of memories uh we should talk about armenia remember those two entries from last week we didn't talk about because we had like 70 different entries to talk about yeah so armenia was one of them uh they used their process depi Evretsil. uh for the second time, although this time around, the process was completely different. So uh, it was just the same process in name only. Uh, last year, the way the uh, Depi of Retzel worked, it was a lot like The Voice that just didn't have spinning chairs and all of the judges and uh, team captains were former performers for Armenia. And yeah, it was a really cool process. Like we got to go through all of the auditions, and it was the quest to find the person who was going to represent Armenia at Eurovision uh, without the song available yet. Uh, they that process wrapped up around Christmas time of uh, 2016, and then uh, they spent a few months developing the song, and they were one of the last ones to reveal their song uh, for Artsvik. Uh, last year and then uh she performed uh fly with me uh, at uh eurovision didn't do as well as i had hoped that she would do i i don't know i i watched every episode of the process and was totally in in love with arsvik i would like she was one of the few people i was totally starstruck by uh seeing her live this year they decided to not have it be a weeks-long process uh they did what uh we kind of call the festival format where it's uh having the two semifinals during the week, and then the final at the end of that week. Uh, there were 20 acts competing overall, uh, 10, at, 10 in each semifinal, and uh, each act had their song uh, that they were submitting for the contest. So uh, whichever act ends up winning, that is what is going to be going to Eurovision for Armenia. And the winner this year uh, was the song Kami. Help me out here. Sevak Khan again. Here's a clip of that song. So, yeah, this is an interesting choice for Armenia. One of the things that I really love about Armenia is their take on pop music is a lot more conceptual and like they, they like to draw in 
like Armenian traditions, but they're also very forward thinking. Like uh, their entry in 2014 was really kind of pushing the dubstep fad that was happening uh, at that time. Uh, but they were the favorite to win that year. And then the following year was the song Love Wave that just has this atypical structure. And but it's still like, like, it, that was one of my favorite songs uh, from the 2016 contest. And then their stage presentations are really forward thinking, like they were using all sorts of holograms for their 2016 performance, elaborate choreography, elaborate pl- pyrotechnics, like they, they take the full performance into consideration. With this song, it seems like they're kind of going back to basics, which seems to be kind of a theme for this year's Eurovision. Like, the, like it seems a lot of countries are going with more traditional songs, a, a lot more like native language songs, that sort of thing. The song seems a little bit boring compared to other Armenian entries, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad entry, if if that makes sense. Uh, what what do you all think of this song? I was just not on Armenia's wavelength last year. Like, y'all mm. loved Arsvek and Fly With Me. And I was just like, I appreciate that this song has an atypical song structure for Eurovision. And, like, that was it. Or it's just like, I, I don't get it. And, like, in past years, I think even going back to, like, 2008, like, where it was much more standard pop with, like, Kele Kele was just like yeah this is great i this is this is very you know i i like this or just going back to the entries you named so 2015 and 2016 where they were pulling from much more modern things like like the dubstep drop or love wave it's like yeah i can see this winning i can see this doing really well like last year that just didn't click with me uh this year i'm like back on board i'm just like this is you know this is much more traditional but i i found myself really really liking this this song from them I don't really get the first two-thirds of the song. So Sevak has a pretty good pedigree in terms of sort of Eurovision. He competed on The Voice in Russia in 2015, where he worked with um, Paulina Gagarina, the um, uh, Russian Eurovision representative from that year. The next year, he went to the X Factor in Ukraine and won. So he's got, you know, he's worked with some good vocal talent. He himself has a good voice. I feel like in the first two thirds of the song, his voice is really constrained. In the last third or so, it opens up. His voice and the song sort of open up and we get some dubstep elements and things. And that, at that point, I like it. It kind of reminds me of like Ukraine's entry from just last year, mm-hmm. where there was like 30 seconds of the song that I really liked. And I was like, can you just take that 30 seconds and like trash the rest and start over? And I, I kind of want them to do the same with the last, you know, third of this song. The stage presentation also needs a lot of work. It's just him just kind of standing there. And I get that Portugal is not providing the scale of LED and big technological elements. There's other countries that have found a way to make a really compelling stage presentation. And I just don't feel like Armenia has that yet. I will say that I think that has been true the last couple of years that we haven't necessarily seen the final or even a version of the final stage presentation until, you know, rehearsal week prior to the shows. So I don't think that's a big concern for me right now, but that is something that they are going to need to fix. Yeah, I think the stage presentation that that may have been a byproduct of uh, the Depi Abretzel format, because all of last year's shows, I mean, it was it was fairly bare bones. Like, and I think part of that was just so that it would be focusing on the singer singing rather than like, theatrics like there weren't there was one contestant who was not much of a singer so she really did rely on like backup dancers and stuff this yeah i think armenia likes to play close to the chest so (laughs) also selecting what was this two weeks ago now sometime i don't last weekend yeah last week thank you um was romania they have selected an act called the humans 
and their song is called Goodbye. This group is kind of interesting. I like to do a little bit of research to know like who the different groups are. And this group is a house band on a TV show. They also do weddings and club performances, apparently. So they're a wedding band, effectively, um, which I find kind of hilarious. I'm so glad that I did not know this because, like, <laughs> but like, but having watched the program, like, yes, these are these are all true things. I I believe everything. Yeah, and they so they typically do cover songs, but um, "Goodbye" is a is an original song for them. So let's take a quick listen. It's fine I've tried a million times To kiss The emptiness And make her mine I should have stayed But I already left One thing I want to note about the actual final performance of this song is that it features some men in white button downs. So the lead singer is wearing, I think she's wearing black, and there are these two men in white button downs and white pants and these white featureless masks that just kind of come up behind her and just hover for like 10 seconds and then just sort of walk away and take the masks off. So there's this weird, I don't know what's going on with this performance, like the actual staging of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not super clear what's going on with the song, but what do you think, Mike? Yeah, this, I'm not a fan of just how it's just building, 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 and doesn't really seem to be going anywhere. Like, it, it just it just seems to meander a lot more than I would like. It, it reminds me of an entry that uh, Romania did Oh, was it 20... I think it might have been 2015. Uh, the one that was uh, sort of dedicated to... Um... To to refugees? I know exactly which one you're thinking of. Uh, De La Capet. Thank you. Yes. And yeah, it was just that same kind of... It, it, does, it doesn't feel like something that is very pop-oriented, but I can see how this would be very popular. Maybe this is just a long roundabout way of saying like, eh, I don't really like it, but <laughs> yeah. But it, it might just be more like, it's not for me, not that it's a bad song. If I can jump in here, I feel very similarly, Mike. Uh, my, my main note that I have down here is I am disappointed by this song. It's fine, but it's just fine. And like the main thing that I grabbed onto as a reference point was it feels like uh, slow songs by the band Snow Patrol. Yes, where that it, was what I was trying where it to has think of. That kind of. Yeah, it has that kind of build, and that's fine. There are certain times I like Snow Patrol songs, but I come to Romania. I don't come to Romania for entries like this. I come to Romania for pyrotechnics and for circle pianos. And yodeling. And yodeling. This is the opposite of and yodeling. Like fun visuals. And like I think my, most, my least favorite Romanian entry of the past couple of years was that song that was dedicated to refugees, and I feel bad about that because it's about refugees. But it was also, but again, like I come to them for a different vibe than this. And I'm glad that every so often they're like, no, this is another side of what we like as a nation. But it's not what I, it's not what I, I love in a Eurovision entry. Okay, but at least it's a, a power ballad and not just a regular ballad, right? Like, I feel like this is the, the positive thing about the song for me. Like, okay, I can, I can kind of do with like a power ballad. This feels like a song that I don't fully understand right now. I don't like, yeah, I just don't get it. But I made a note that, like, this kind of feels like one that might grow on me. We'll see. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Mike, that it does a really good job of building. I think I actually like the way that this builds and ends. I, I think that the sort of structure, the arc of the song is actually the best thing about it. 
they, you know, they sort of build and build and build and then drop way back down and then come right back in at like 100%, 110% for the first, the last, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. And I think that's a really effective way to do a power ballad. So yeah, they've got to figure some other stuff out. That I'm, I think it's just overall the song's not working all that well, but that piece of it does. And the presentation, I was creeped out. I don't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Romania has always got to keep you guessing. Uh, <laughs> yep. Always with the visuals. Like, I don't think they have much to worry about. Romania is one of the countries that has never missed a final. And, uh, partic- like, I think this is a better song than uh, the song from 2015. And that that song made it through. Uh, so do not doubt the power of the Romanian diaspora. is <laughs> one of the rules to live by at Eurovision. So <laughs> Yep. Like, one other thing I want to note is, like, I actually, like, unlike some of the other semifinals that have been happening over the last few weeks, just because there's so darn many of them, mm-hmm. I actually dug into sort of what else was sort of up there for this one. And, like, some other ones I thought were worth calling out were uh, Fili had a very nice little up-tempo number feel, that felt a little bit Latin. Like, the presentation did not really match the humans. The, the presentation was mostly her singing in front of what was clearly the music video for the song. But it was a fun song. And then Alexia and Matei had, like, a pseudo-Rasta, but electro. And I realized that both of the, that, that particular combination sounds bad. And I'm not sure that the song was good, but it's worth seeking out. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to those in the show notes. Please do. Uh, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a pretty varied field uh for romania so the process that they used uh this time around was having uh five different semifinals in five different locations and then uh three songs from each semifinal advanced to uh one final i'd kind of like to see them stick with that kind of format uh it's it's a lot of songs to go through i mean that's 60 songs total uh that competed but if it's going to result in a lot of variety in in the final uh, i'm all for that Let's talk about Cyprus. So I think in one of our early episodes, we had just sort of dropped that. Oh, yeah, Cyprus named their artist. Uh, And then we're like, well, the song could drop at any moment. Be ready. Uh, Gird your loins, the usual. Eleni's song has dropped. There's an official video now. We do not have any live performance yet. First, let's hear a clip. It's interesting that you bring up the like the lack of live performance at this point because uh, that is my biggest concern with this song. I, I'm not a fan of this pro- like the studio production of this. Like it's a little too uh, produced for my taste, mm-hmm. and I'm really curious what a live version of this is going to sound like. It it could be amazing or it could be the hottest of messes. Uh, it could be a mess on fuego. Uh, so. <laughs> Well, yeah, and like the the I mean the touch points I had when I was just making my notes about this, it feels uh it feels a lot like what I think was their 2012 entry, La La Love, which it turns out that was written by the same guy. So that oh. like, so there you go. Uh, yep. But also the other thing that it reminded me of kind of was like Fifth Harmony. My weirdest piece about this music video, and then I, I want to talk a little bit about her. But in the music video, I don't know if y'all noticed, they feature like a pineapple. And then some bananas. It's like a grocery store product placement. And I'm just like, what? Like, it has, they have, like, 
a brand sticker on the pineapple and a brand sticker on the banana. It kind of looks like the Chiquita banana sticker, but it's not. It's some other brand. And I'm like, is this the record label? Like, what, what, what is happening with these like fruit product placement? Look, yeah, you gotta get that SponCon. It's the same uh, record company as uh, that has put out uh, Greece's entry. So I'm not sure if this song was produced in Greece as well, but. Uh, Greece needs money, and uh, yeah. yeah, if like if the music videos need to have product placement in order for it to get produced, but but a pineapple and a banana, like not a Lexus, right? Not a car, not on a piece of electronics, but like fruit. I don't, I just don't get that. Look, sometimes you go with the product placement you can get. Yeah, I mean, Malta had that one supermarket sponsoring like half of their ad spots in their national final, and like their jingle was one of the best songs of the afternoon. So, <laughs> but that's Malta, right? This is okay. So let me tell a little bit about her, about Eleni. Mm-hmm. She started in a group called Mystique, who were also known as the Greek Spice Girls from like 2007 to nine, and then she broke out on her own and was huge in Greece and Cyprus. So she is like really well known in Greece and Cyprus. That bodes well for her for getting back, you know, getting through to the final. Uh, you know, Greece and Cyprus both do really well at that because of the diaspora. But in particular, she offered Greece. She she went to Greece and said, hey, I want to compete for you in 2016. And they turned her down. And then Greece failed to qualify for the first time ever. So I feel like you don't want to get on Eleni Ferrero's bad side, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Greece turning her down totally cursed them for that contest. All I'm going to say, I actually legitimately like the song. I would say that anyway, because I don't want to get on her bad side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because then you won't make it through to the finals. That's exactly right. She also did a Greek cover of Golden Boy, which was Israel's entry from 2015. So mm-hmm. I, I like her style. I like the video, the weird fruit product placement notwithstanding. This is a great song that I am going to look forward to hearing and seeing. And I, I'm not that concerned about the presentation. I was okay with the video. Whatever you think about the contents of the video, it was well produced. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there is definitely production value like in the video. I feel like the biggest question I have, though, is what does this sound like live? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that she's going to appear at, like, either the um, Eurovision in concert or the London Eurovision party, like one of the, one of the pre Eurovision events so, uh, so that we can hear a live performance of it. Cause if it, if it does sound good live, like I think it could be a contender in, in this year's contest, but yeah, just judging by the way that it's produced and that's the only audio that we have. I'm a little eh about it. Cyprus is in the first semifinal, which doesn't, which isn't stacking up to be as competitive. So I'm not concerned about it qualifying as much as it, it like, is it going to qualify and just be one of 26 or is it going to possibly be a top 10 song? Let's talk about the Netherlands. I am so excited for this song and for this conversation. So let's just real quick before we lay into this. Let's just remind everybody what's happening. We, um, Netherlands announced a while ago that Waylon would be um, representing them. Waylon almost won the contest in 2014. He did a duet um, called Calm Before the Storm, came in second behind Conchitaverse that year. Um, he's competed in Holland's Got Talent in 2008 with a massive mullet. If you have not seen that, Ben and Mike, I highly encourage you to go check out Waylon's mullet. It's very impressive. He came in second place on that as well. He is coming with a country song called Outlaw in a Let's take a listen. If 
I feel like Ben, you're gonna have some thoughts. What are your thoughts? I, I do like that we go to me, go to me first as the person who who has some connection to the Dutch. My my, my I have two main questions. One, am I being razzed? Is this a joke? I think no. Okay. I do not think this is okay. A joke. Two, is it too late to have the other common linnet submit a song that we get to vote on? No, she's too busy on Nashville. So. Dang it! <laughs> you don't like the song, Ben? I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna be very Midwestern and try to say something nice. Um, it's a very well sung and or produced country song, but still. Yeah i I was not prepared mentally prepared no. for this when it was selected. So what happened was uh, Netherlands they had picked their day of like we are going to announce on this day, and leading up to that there were four or five songs that were uh, presented on uh, Dutch television as just like, oh, this is a possible entry. And there wasn't any voting or anything on that. I think it was just kind of lead up to, I I presume Waylon has an album coming out soon. And uh, these are all tracks uh, from that. And ended on this one. (laughs) They picked that one. Yeah. And we're going to have a link to the video in the show notes. Please watch it. Yeah. It's baffling to me because the audience is not enthusiastic about this at all. And (laughs) I don't know if that was like direction that they received from the producers. It's like, no, we don't want you dancing or clapping or not giving your seatmate the side eye of why am I here? (laughs) Well, no, there there is, there is like one person that that they cut to multiple times who has the smile on their face. That is the smile you give as you watch your friends open mic performance. Where you realize that you had that you actually this is the first time you've heard their poetry. Is that the woman who's the Olympic medal winner? I I don't know. It, it was a woman. They kept cutting to a woman with long blonde hair wearing an Olympic medal. Like you can see it around her neck. You can see the like the lanyard from the Olympic medal. Like and she's wearing orange, so she must have been one of the Netherlands Olympic medals. Yeah, it looked it looked like there was a like team Netherlands contingent there. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm not sure if this was presented in the context of like a talk show or like I I don't think he was I don't think Waylon was the centerpiece of whatever the overall show was. <laughs> wherever but, this was filmed. Ryan, what, what what are your thoughts about the song? The first time I watched the song, I got 30 seconds in and I was laughing too hard and I had oh. to stop the video. And then I went back a second time Y'all, I love this song so much. I legitimately, like, I don't even recognize the words that are coming in my mouth. I love this country song. I feel like when people ask, why isn't the U.S. in Eurovision? I'm going to say, because the Dutch do country so much better than we do. Like, this is just such a good country song. It's about everybody is going to, like, if they have to, if you back anybody into a corner, they're going to punch you in the face. If, like, everybody's got, like, blood on their boots, everybody's got, like, a spare belt buckle, right? Like, everybody's got these sort of, like, country stuff about them. Everybody's got a little, like, badass in them, right? And that's that's what this song is about. And it's so good! <laughs> I can't get over the song. Like, I literally, when I, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is hilarious, this is a joke. And then I actually went and listened to it, 
I agree with you, Ben, that it is incredibly well sung. It's well performed. I think with a good stage performance, like, I don't know if this is going to do well at Eurovision because I don't really know how Eurovision feels about country, but Waylon was able to bring it last time. I just love the song so much. I had the opposite reaction. I think I maybe just need to listen to it a few more times because I'm still in the, okay, this is very clearly a joke, right, stage. Where, like, if you told me, like, just just from the chorus line, like, my current reaction just from everybody has a little outline is like, oh, this is a great tagline for Outlaw brand whiskey sports energy drink. I think I have not crossed the threshold of this is hilarious too. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the other thing that really makes it for me is watching the video and the juxtaposition between this song where he's talking about blood and getting in fights and having a little outlaw in you. And then these like very well-dressed middle or upper class people sitting and just kind of looking at each other like, what is happening right now? Are we, am I on camera right now? Do I have to like smile and look nice? It's just hilarious. Monocles falling into their uh, gimlets or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I I don't know if I can get on board with this song. I, I like for, first of all, to me, it it sounds like a little bit like Axl Rose trying to cover Bon Jovi. That that is a marriage I I do not support. <laughs> but yeah, it 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 feels like visiting america town if you're visiting like some foreign city and just being like oh yeah i just want to go to mcdonald's or something it's like no you're (laughs) you can go to mcdonald's at any time like i just don't want to have to defend this choice (laughs) yeah like i i just can't get behind this one i'd say let's let's check in as we get closer to the competition but i'm just firmly in the no camp right now I am I am all about this song. It's like if Garth Brooks went to Eurovision. That is what this entry feels like for me, and that is amazing. Garth Brooks or uh, what, what was his uh, alter Chris ego? Gaines. Chris Gaines. Yeah, yes. I remember Chris Gaines. It could, Chris, <laughs> it could be if Chris Gaines goes to Eurovision, and I would also be on board with that. All right. To be fair, this this is in the not for Mike's category, which I I, I I fully accept. On a more logistical note, this song is like forty seconds too long, but there's plenty of instrumentals they could cut. That's the only thing that I think they need to change about the song. Everything which is perfect i think the version that's on spotify is the three minute version so they have a plan question mark (laughs) (laughs) speaking of question marks let's talk about san marino let's okay so uh, san marino just finished their first national selection process and they landed on the song who we are by jessica featuring jennifer brenning let's take a listen to this So in traditional San Marino fashion, there are multiple songs crammed into a three-minute period. Uh, I counted four different songs that are just kind of smushed together in this one piece. Uh, And one of those songs sounds an awful lot like Sweden's 2015 entry, Heroes, which won the contest that year. Did anybody else hear that? I was thinking the chorus to Heroes over the chorus of this song. Even the drum fill heading into the chorus is Heroes, and I was like, oh, I didn't really hear it. And then the fill and the chorus kicked in, and I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. (laughs) There it is. Okay, so plagiarize. 
but then get your plagiarism a little bit further away from the source material. I don't like throwing around the word plagiarism all that much just because it's a pretty loaded term, but... Mm. If this is inspired by heroes, it's getting a little too close to meeting your heroes, if that makes sense. Like, it's just, the public voted on these entries, so I'm kind of surprised that, I I don't know, maybe the public didn't notice that, but it it seems like that would have been a red flag for the more heavy-duty Eurovision fans. Not not even the more heavy-duty ones, I mean, that, that is one of the more popular recent entries to have won the contest. The other aspects of the production, I think, are just kind of a mess. Jennifer Brenning's kind of doing this hype man type thing in the background, but she sounds kind of like Countess Luann's Money Can't Buy You class intonations. Well, so just about the song as a whole, I was writing down, so if you had told me that this was presented as like an episode of 30 Rock where Jenna Maroney had been selected as San Marino's singer and this is her song, then, like, was completely surprised by the rap verse. <laughs> it's like, wait, this is a rap verse? So much of the first verse is just pronouns being thrown at you. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know what to do with this entry. I would so be on board with Jenna Maroney or Jane Krakowski. Like, just have it be Jane Krakowski go. <laughs> I want this, like, retroactive episode of 30 Rock where Jenna is the San Marinese representative. I have decided I'm not going to say anything bad about San Marino. Like, I'm going to take a personal hiatus because it's it feels a little bit like kicking them when they're, when they're down. And, and case in point, like, Jessica, the lead singer, is Maltese. Jennifer, the featured woman, is German. And the national final was held in Slovakia. So I just feel like San Marino is so, and then we talked at, at length in a previous episode about like funding and all this nonsense. So I, I'm not going to, I'm going to take a personal hiatus on saying anything about San Marino because I just feel like they have enough going on. So I'm just going to not say anything. I don't mean to be like kicking them, which, but I think part of that is just because I am a huge San Marino fan. Like I'm like, it's really rooting for the underdog here. I want here. the best for them and they'd constantly disappoint me. I understand the limitations that they have. If they win Eurovision, what are they going to do? <laughs> but What are they going to do? They are barely separate from Italy. There were just so many baffling choices, and it, it just seems like, where is the fail-safe here? Like, at, at what point were they no longer able to say no and just kind of have to roll down the hill that they are rolling down right now? It's interesting to watch in that respect, but yeah, I just... I want them to do well. They should be able to do well at this contest, and I don't know why the choices that are being made are just hindering them every step of the way. Because Valentina's not free. It can't be just Valentina, though. Oh, San Marino. On to better choices, I guess. I I guess, yeah. Ben, save us from this. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's move away from San Marino and talk about Finland for a few minutes. So Finland... Uh, traditionally has done UMK, which stands for something that I cannot pronounce because it's in Finnish, where usually in past years they've done the same thing that many of the other Nordic nations do, where here are about 10 songs they're going to perform, we're going to pick one. This time around, though, and I think, as we previously discussed, probably to capitalize on the fact that Sara Alto just came in, like, second in UK's Got UK's Got Talent, the X Factor, one of those shows. Uh, X Factor. X Factor, okay. There are so many of them over there. Um, anyways, she, she came in second and Finland very wisely was like, Hey, you're Finnish. Uh, you're, you're going to be our entry this year. We'll figure out some songs. And so rather than doing the usual here are 10 artists and their songs, let's vote on them. They're like, here is Sara Alto. Here is Sara Alto again. Here is Sara Alto a third time. Uh, and with three different songs and they just voted on that, which I thought 
if nothing else made for a much more concise final process like it would like i i was watching on saturday it was all of an hour and a half which is very impressive considering that sara alto had to perform all of those songs and make costume changes and they had to do big set changes but they seem to work around that a lot with with lots of padding about voting i think you could vote for the entire thing and they'd show you this was this is song two here here are all the songs we're going to highlight here's song two's details for you to dial in or text in then there would be the song and they spent plenty of time talking with the the songwriters which side note uh thomas jason who basically has like one entry for like every country every year it seems like he has to just spend like every weekend just flying to a different country popping up in like the little side thing where he's sitting with an artist and then flies to the next country Hey, it's a good gig if you can get it. It's good money, but just, like, I see his face every weekend. But I really liked how they switched up the format this year. I think because they had their artist picked and how they were focused and they just did writing with different groups. Like, mm-hmm. everything came out and felt, these are all fairly decent songs. Like, two of them kind of stood out above the rest out of, out of all three. But for the most part, like, we had a pretty decent bumper crop of finished songs this year. Uh, so the one that ended up winning was the first one performed was this song, Monsters, which let's take a listen. Now I'm gonna let in all the light tear down the walls At my worst I found my army strong All the demons are gone You can try and scare me now But I ain't scared no more I ain't scared no So I have spoken enough on the finished process. I'm going to let you guys sort of jump in first on this one. What did you guys think? This is absolutely the right choice. When I watched the three videos, Monsters, Domino, and the other one. I don't remember what the other one was called. Queens. Queens, yes. Thank you. Monsters was absolutely the... I was like, yes, this is the right choice. This is the right song for her. It's interesting. It it, it Within the first verse... It um, melodically goes somewhere you don't quite expect. Like it's sort of setting itself up to be sort of a standard thing and then sort of goes into like a minor-ish key. Like it, I love that. The video for Monsters was a little bit like Sarah Alto and her gay friends were all headed out to the drag show in their like ridiculous drag show regalia, uh, which was amazing. And I was like, okay, they, they are absolutely playing to an audience here. I love this video. I love the song. This is this needs to win. And it did, and I'm glad. I think Domino was okay as well. Mm-hmm. I think Domino would have also been an okay choice. Yeah, like, the, the thing I noticed is that, like, they, they seem to present them in order of quality. Like, Monsters felt, like, just very clearly, this feels very Eurovision, this feels very high energy. The way they staged it just felt better. I did not watch any of the official videos. One thing that I thought was cool is that they, because they only had three songs, they sort of just rolled them out one weekend after another to Spotify. So, got a chance to sit with one song get another song, realize it wasn't good as, as as Monsters, get the third song, sit there and be like, ah, this is okay. Domino's performance, like, definitely redeemed it for me a little bit more. Like, it had been just okay, and then I saw the performance, like, okay, cool, they have, like, a giant rotating Domino where she's, like, standing on it and rotating with it, and a bunch of pyro, so good on them. I have a difficult time with Sarah Alto's voice. This is not a drag on her talent or anything like that. Like, it's just, like, the sound of her voice, and it, it's kind of the same issue i have with like sarah brightman it's just like at a frequency or pitch or something that just like my brain is just like oh no thank you but um i think this i think monsters has the least of that like piercing quality 
compared to the other two songs. So I like this choice for that reason. Like, I, I feel like this is a song that I can listen to and, like, find approachable. Watching back the the live performance, it, it seems like they do have, like, a stage concept in mind. I, I think there's some work that they need to do to, like, really amp it up for the Eurovision stage. But it's it's nice to see a country with a viable entry. I, I feel like that's been kind of lacking this season. And it's like, oh, good, Finland. Like, they've got a plan. And we're seeing it in action. So that's cool. Yeah, like, the yeah, the only note I really had about this was the actual staging needs a little bit, a little bit of zhuzhing, a little bit of tweaking. The base is there, and it seems like they have an idea of what they want to do with it. And now that they don't have to do, like, three of those in 45 minutes, and they, they can just do one and just nail it. Yeah, there was a moment in the live performance where her backing dancers lift her up and carry her onto the stage, onto like a raised platform, and then go get her and bring her back down to the stage about 30 seconds later. And they're getting her onto their shoulders and down like there's a guy walking backwards, and it just felt clumsy. Like they all looked like they were afraid of being on the verge of like dropping her. Like they weren't, but it just felt, they felt, it looked like they were kind of afraid of what was happening. And so they need to sort of work out some of those details. And I think with some good camera work, you know, um, we saw with Dami Ng for Australia a couple of years ago, she needed to be lifted down off of this huge box. And they got like a, a stagehand to come lift her off of the box and put her down. And they were able to make that happen invisibly to the audience with some camera work. And I feel like that will be something that they'll need to focus on uh, on the Eurovision stage, on the semifinal and hopefully final stage. Overall, like, this feels like a complete package in the way that Sweden feels like a complete package, in the way that I can't really think of any others, right? Well, Netherlands feels like the song is a full package, but not a performance yet. I can't think of anybody else who has that full performance and song pretty much ready to go. Yeah, they they, they seem very on their game and just ready to... They, again, they're like all they need to do at this point is some minor tweaking. Like They feel very ready to go, whereas some nations, it feels like, okay, this is a good starting point, but you also need to like redo all three of these things all right so let's talk about estonia they have selected their artists elena nechayeva singing la forza let's listen to a clip So Alina, as you have heard, is a classically trained soprano. She's been on the Estonian version of Idol almost a decade ago now, gosh. And she didn't reach the live shows. She's done some live singing competitions that are more focused on classical music and has done really well on those. She actually presented in the national selection, the semifinals last year. She was one of the presenters. Her voice is really good. I just, I, I just don't, oh, I don't know about the song in, in the Eurovision Song Contests. What do you think, Ben? I think that this one, because of the dress, uh, and I feel similar to you, is that she's got a great voice, but this song doesn't really fit Eurovision for me, and I think that's just a sort of a thing when, whenever Eurovision, well, with a few exceptions, but whenever Eurovision really focuses, when an entry focuses on that opera side of things, it just doesn't quite gel for me in the way that I think it needs to. 
I was surprised to see that this was the one that advanced from Estonia. Like Estonia's field was very strong this year. And like this this one doesn't like there were there were a lot of sort of more pop friendly entries. Uh I, I this this one seems to be more like of a technical entry, which which is fine. And like I was reading an article earlier today where like she was the overwhelming winner, like both in jury votes and televote so yeah i mean the public was responding to this entry uh but yeah like the opera aspect is it's an interesting one il volo uh in 2015 uh they represented italy and with like an operatic entry and there was a charisma about that entry and also like 2015 was kind of a down year i would say i i, I was not impressed with a lot of the entries in 2015 so that that uh, a song of that technical caliber was uh, welcome. Whereas this year, I'm not sure if the ecosystem's going to support an operatic entry. I mean, if it, I guess it's it's since there are so many countries that are really kind of bringing in their own traditions, I'm not really feeling like what is Estonian about this entry. Yeah, like I I feel like I've I responded much more fully to like the last couple years of entries more than more so than this one. I also think that just this is the kind of song that needs more than three minutes. Like you, you need, you know, there's a lot of sort of emotion in it and you just need more than three minutes to kind of build to that. And then you need a little time at the end for a denouement, right? Like she ends with a really high note and, and you, and you just, and it just ends, right? You, you need sort of that, that little, that moment, even just if it's just a few measures to just sort of bring yourself back down out of that. And you, we just don't get it. You need like five minutes for this to be able to spread out and have like that full emotional crescendo. That's right. And as it currently is, I just, I think three minutes is not enough time. I think there are, they've done a good job with the backing music to make it not seem like an opera entry, but an operatic entry, right? Where she's singing in an operatic style, but there's more modern sort of music behind it. So it gives it a little bit of drama and it gives it some, you know, makes it a little more appealing to a general audience, but it just... It just needs more time. I just think that the three minute limit here is is makes this entry just inherently not fit, not work. Plus, it's one that's going to be very tricky to sing along with uh, in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> if that's important to you, if so. that's an important quality to have in a song, it just it just reminds me of um, what's her name, Hussein Donna, a couple of years ago, and then had you know she was known for singing these high notes. But it just comes out of nowhere, and it's just kind of like it's it's not it's not shocking, but it just it just doesn't work. At least the high notes in this song do organically follow. It's just, but I, yeah, I agree with you that perhaps the three minute constraint might be too constrictive. Poland had a national final as well, so a handful of entries, public voting, yada yada yada, and they ended up with Gromi featuring Lucas Meyer singing "Light Me Up." Here's a clip of that. So help me to ignite the spark I feel inside. So help me now. Did this song light either of you up? <laughs> the, so, 
I'll take a moment to explain who these people are. So Gromy is actually, he's a producer. He's the sort of guy in the back playing the keyboard and, you know, doing the electronic stuff. He has some experience from mixing songs from Nelly Furtado and Depeche Mode. So he's like legit in the music business. Yeah. But it's sort of like a joust situation like last year where producer plus singer. That's exactly right. Yes. And the singer, he's Swedish. He's a band leader. They had a hit single together last year. And so they decided to try to write another song together for um, Eurovision. I I just feel like the music is better than the lyrics deserve in this entry. Like the music I enjoy. And again, if they could just take the music and like strip the lyrics and even strip the singer, I'm not a big, like he was having some vocal issues. And I don't know if that's just his thing as he's kind of pitchy, but he was not great. There was a moment in the video of the live performance where the back, like the camera was on the backing singers and they were just kind of standing at each other shrugging going like, what now? It doesn't feel like a well thought out cohesive entry. It feels like several songs smashed together or at least two songs smashed together. Um, and a couple people who aren't fully sure what they should be doing on stage. It just, it doesn't feel complete. So I'm going to tell a very relatable story right now in that. So the only time I've really been into club uh, was in, was on like a company retreat in Sardinia. And we were in like this, this former cave that was now just a nightclub for some reason. And just found myself bobbing along to whatever kind of Italo stuff was going on the music on this one felt very similar like yeah i would bob to this in the club and then just lyrically this sounds like the worship music that they play at a church where they're like desperately trying to convince you that they're not like those other churches they're the cool church like it just has that that kind of generic uh raise me up hold me in your light sort of a thing that is generally meaningless and like again like lyrically it feels a little underdeveloped i fully agree with you there ryan how about you mike what do you think about this song Yeah, I mean, my takeaway is kind of the takeaway that both of you had. It reminded me of something that you would hear playing over the stereo at like LA Fitness or something where it's just like, (laughs) you're not you're not there to listen to the lyrics. And if you like stop and listen to the lyrics, you're just gonna be like, (laughs) and yeah. I like that. It's it, yeah, it's there it's on that playlist because it hits a certain BPM. Right. It feels very current. So I think that is something that is going for it in that regard, but it needs some work. Like it, it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other and like doesn't build up your heart rate like the way that the elliptical should. So <laughs> I mean, I I feels like they they heard what Norway was doing last year. It was like, yeah, we want a slice of that. Mhm. Well, and it won the audience vote. Yeah, like, it, came, oh, it it only came in third with the juries, but it, it won the audience vote, so somebody likes it. The Polish like it. That's why it's their entry. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I really love what Poland, you know, I'm really picking up what they're putting down, like when they had Slavic girls a couple of years ago. That, that was that, so like, fun. They've been sort of off and on for me the last couple of years. I think they took a break, what, in the early 2000s, the early 2010s, right? They were gone for a year or something, a mm-hmm. couple mm-hmm. of years maybe. Um, and they've been very up and down, and this feels like a down. The last two years, they've been sending what I thought were like pretty mediocre entries. And the people and... loved them. Yeah, I, I felt the exact same way. I'm like this one, and was last year flashlight? Yeah, last year's flashlight. Yes. I didn't like. That I did song not like that song. Yeah, but it did extremely well. And then color of your life. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I actually heard that earlier today, and <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, this but, song. But and that did really well. It did, that that did really yeah, well. So and well. like this guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know, do not doubt the power of the Polish diaspora. I guess. <laughs> there are so many diasporas yeah. that you have to watch out for. Yeah, and they're all, like, they all seem to be contained in this episode. We should have saved Hungary for this week, so. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> Looks like the last one that we need to cover today would be Iceland. Yes. Uh, Iceland is my homeboy. 
So Iceland does a process called Songvakepnin. They've done it for a few years now. It's uh, I was about to say it seems to be working well for them, but it has not been working well for them the past few years. They have had some struggles getting through to the final. Uh, the thing I like about the Icelandic process is that in the preliminary stages, everybody has to perform in Icelandic. So there there is a sense of heritage and a sense of wanting to, wanting to make sure that the, the process is as much about their own sort of music and traditions as it is sort of whatever's going on in pop. Uh, but once you get to the final, like like last Saturday, if you want to perform your song, you're performing what the final version of your song is going to be. So if that means English, great. If that means Icelandic, great. That means some language of your devi- your own devising. Cool. But anyway, so there were two semifinals with, yeah, six songs each. And that got down to three entries from each of those in the final. So only six entries. Uh, from there, all those perform. And the top two after the jury vote after the well it was like a combined jury and televote go through to a super final which i believe is pure uh televote to determine which one goes through and after everything shook out i was like i liked you know i was fine with what what popped up in the in the super final iceland clearly wanted to send a, a ballad this year and it came down to two entries dagor sigurdsson's east stormy and the eventual winner ari olafsson's our choice which let's listen to that here a choice we can make There's always a choice we can make To help and to heal in different ways Too many are dying in vain Together we could ease the pain If somehow we could ease the pain So I'm just going to lead off with I thought the I thought the Icelandic one the one that was performed in Icelandic should have won. But first, I want to hear from you guys. What did you think of our choice? Not my choice. <laughs> Thank you for hitting the ball that I teed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like this is, uh, like this is such a cliche Eurovision entry. Like, there's nothing original about this song. From, like, the swelling uh, of, like, the second verse to, like, the little, like, the drum beat. And, yeah, like, it's, I can think of so many other entries that have done the exact same thing with the exact same bland message of love, love, peace, peace that Boo earns. (laughs) So Ari Olafson competed on The Voice in Iceland with Svala, where she was a judge. Svala was the representative last year saying paper. Yeah, and she did not pick him on The Voice, and I think that that should have been a lesson that the Icelandic people should have taken and should have not also not selected him for this. It's just, it's not that he's bad. It's not that the song is bad. It's just boring. It's just not interesting. I just, I also have, there's this falsetto note going into the chorus, into the last chorus that I have a lot of concerns about. Like, he managed to mostly hit it in this live performance, but I feel like that's a thing that's going to go real badly some of the time, maybe most of the time. It just, there's just nothing, I don't have anything interesting. I fully agree with you guys. It's just lyrically, and I need to go back and listen to the Icelandic version of this one, because just the English version just feels so generic and so by the numbers. Like the one, the thing that reminded me of was uh, Norway's entry from 2010, uh, My Heart is Yours, where it's just, again, just very bland sentiment, like almost like Irish ballad style 
song, just very simple, very straightforward, and just kind of blah. Whereas I thought that the other entry in the super final, which was winning before the super final, which when you like that combined jury and televote had like a forty four percent lead or whatever, uh, just sort of lost it in the once it came down to the final, but like had so much more emotion and so much more power. And like just in the field uh, that was in that final six, there was some really really lovely variety. Uh, so Polo Punk is, I think, one of the last times that Iceland made it through to the final and like did reasonably well. They were in the top fifteen. Uh, the the entry that felt the most colorful and more most sort of unique of that final six was this uh, group of actresses that were all dressed up as like sixties style housewives doing a song whose title which I'm not going to try and butcher the Icelandic, but it t- translates to a broom and a dustpan. It was the only one on the album for this this whole process that was that did not have an English version where they're just like, nope, our song is in Icelandic. And there, there was just such a wonderful variety of things, including one song, I Hear With You, that sounded really great on the recording, and then I think just because it sounded good on the recording, tried to will myself into liking the the live version, except that... No, this is just a real bad performance of this song. But there was so much variety, so I'm very, very disappointed that they went with what felt very generic. Yeah, it, it seems like that they went the safest route possible. Yeah, and which is never a recipe for success at Eurovision. Which is never a recipe for success. Success, and not what I go to Iceland for. I, I want them to be a little bit off kilter. I want them to bring something that isn't expected, and this feels very expected. And on that, and on, and on that no. note, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I am all entried out for now. So even though we have nations that have chosen, I don't, I, I can't. Portugal and Azerbaijan will have to wait till next week. Yeah, Portugal's fine. They're in the finals. There are a bunch of other selections that are coming down the pike, but we are well past the halfway point. I think we're at about two thirds of the field is filled out, and yeah, we should know just about all the songs about two weeks from I was now. I was saying like so. ten days from now. I think the, is the is the deadline one of these songs is going to win yay uh, <laughs> or perhaps one of the ones we've yet to hear yeah. <laughs> there are there are a couple songs we have yet to cover that are sort of waiting in the wings i need them to get through the national final process and as long as they make it through their national final process i think we got a couple of strong entries yet to come that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening the Euro What podcast is a production of WhatElseIsOn.tv. Our Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists are Ryan Brazell, Mike McComb, and Ben Smith. Follow our coverage of the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest at our website, EuroWhat.com. You can also catch us on social media at EuroWhat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the Euro What on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. While you add the subscription, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. We'll be back with more Eurovision updates next week. <laughs>